We're so excited to share this teaching message with you from Sikamo Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. We believe God knows you and loves you, and through His Word, He expresses His plans and purposes for your life. We hope that you open up your heart and really sense God speak to you through this message from our pastor, Tolulokwe Moody. Let's get right into the service and be blessed by this message. If you have a Bible, please pick it up and come to the book of Genesis. Can you help me move this up? Genesis and the 22nd chapter. We'll remain standing for the reading of God's word. If you're new or visiting with us in church, big welcome. We honor God's word, so we just kind of stand while we read Genesis and the 22nd chapter. And we're going to read from the first verse to the 14th verse. If you are using a New, um, new Testament Bible, it's going to be on the screen. We're wondering why you're using that, but, but we have it on the screen. Um, if you use your mobile device, that's fine. Um, but if during the message you start checking tweets and things like that, Angel Gabriel will be touching your battery and things like that. Genesis chapter 22 from the first verse. I'll call for you at some point, so please just follow through. We'll read the last verse together. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Um, Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I, one of the mountains I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Verse 4. Then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. The 14th verse and can we all read this together? (coughs) And it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Amen. Amen. Please be seated this morning. If you like who you're next to. If you don't, just wave to one of the hosts. Tell them, can I get a new seat? Um, Don't kind of dig my neighbor. All right. I have a word to share with you this morning um, that I really trust is going to be a huge blessing um, to you. And so... 
we're going to just work this in a few moments, but I really think it's going to be prophetic. It's going to be um, directionary. It's, it's, it's really going to be helpful, I believe, in, in the story of your life, wherever you are. Last week, Sunday, we, we had our vision presentation Sunday, and I believe there's still so much that God is unpacking to us um, in this direction. So this morning, I want to share a thought with you that I will title, The Cross is Made of Wood. The cross is made of wood. Yeah, the cross is made of wood. The cross is made of wood. Can you look at somebody next to you? I kind of sense there can be some chemistry around you and say the cross is made of wood. Okay, now look in the other direction. Say second choice neighbor, second choice. The cross is made of wood. Dollard, you didn't know. You didn't know. Cross is made of wood. Have you ever liked a product so much, but you didn't kind of like what it was made of? Have you ever been in those situations where you like, you really like the product, you like the stuff, but you didn't kind of like either the process or, or, or what it was made of? I was reading an article this morning and saw some interesting stuff. How many of you love vanilla ice cream? Yeah, fantastic. And then I saw this thing about um, one of the things often used to make vanilla ice cream. It's called castorium. And it is collected from the secretions of a beaver's anal gland. Yeah, so, so the idea is you can love a product, but you might not be so excited about what it's made of. Um, how many of you love beer? <laughs> Maybe not. But there's this um, icing glass or something, and then um, that, that kind of gives beer its golden feel and all of that. And they say it's made from dried fish bladders. Yeah. Okay, maybe that doesn't really apply here. You guys are like, no, we don't. Okay. Um, or how about when God kind of shows up for you? What, let's talk about this. God shows up for you, but you kind of don't like who he showed up through. Yeah, you're like, yes, God, I, I oh, you know. Or how about when you like a babe? But you don't like her parents. <laughs> you know, um, you know. Some of you are like, yes, what should I do? Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. Today, I want, to, I want to share something with you that if, if the Holy Spirit helps you understand, I think would, 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 would really be simple, very, very simple thought about how that the cross is made from wood. But, but in a moment, I hope I can show you what this um, is to your life. Because when we think about depicting the cross, we, we, our generation thinks a lot about this beautiful, maybe golden, um, maybe you know, marble-plated, you know, diamonds glittering kind of a blink thing. You know, we, we wear crosses made of, of, of shining, you know, reflective like a blink, you know, um, glittering stuff. Um, but today, I'm, I'm not talking about your fashion cross. I'm, I'm talking about the cross of Jesus. And I'm trying to affirm this morning that the cross is made from wood. That simply is my message, that the cross of Jesus is made from wood. So have me look at somebody this morning and say, do you get the point? Do you get the point? The cross is made from wood. I'm talking about this amazing God story that is stamped in all eternity once and for all. Of how a savior bled upon a cross, a savior of all humanity. I made this loud eternal statement. 
He died a death that he never deserved so that we can have a life we could never deserve. Talking about a moment of substitution in all eternity when the innocent one willingly chose to die the death of the guilty so that the guilty ones can live the life of the innocent. The cross is an absolute statement of the love of God. It is irreversible. It is eternal. It is hell conquering, hell defeating. It is the full weighted unleashing of the hatred and intensity of hell against God. But more than that, it is the full weighted unleashing of the all conquering power of God. It is the birthing of a new dispensation that we stand in. It is the ripping of the veil of the temple where ordinary people like you and I can have access and an opening to God because of the cross. The cross is hope for every sinner. The cross is love for the unloved. It is it is forgiveness for the guilty. The cross in every generation is healing for the hurting. It is restoration of the broken. The cross is hope for a fallen world. That in this world we live on a fallen planet and, you know, all the failure of humanity. Then the cross is hope for a fallen world. The cross is eternal justification by which I will stand in heaven. And no day, one billion years down the line, an angel would wake up and ask the Lord and say, how is this guy in heaven? Because I remember something he did. But God will always have a justification for allowing me into heaven because of the cross. The foolish devil rejoiced in that moment. Because he said this cross is the no comeback end of the Savior. It's the no comeback end of Jesus, the Son of God. This is where we defeat him. This is where we conquer. The devil rejoiced in the moment of the cross. But heaven called it a new beginning. That the very stone that hell rolled against the grave was the very stone that an angel was sitting upon, rolled back. That what hell called an end, God called a beginning. And what a God thing this is. What wisdom of God that shook the earth to its foundations. What wisdom of God that turned the devil's very plan against him. That redefined our destiny. That brought the dead back to life. What wisdom of God that took the foolish things of this world and used it to confound the wise. What wisdom of God that in the very moment where hell was having a party, heaven declared an after party. What wisdom of God that took the very thing that hell rejoiced over and said, this is where we have conquered forever. And that became the very foundation in which we stand living forever. What wisdom of God that brought the dead out? Did the cross bring anybody alive in this house this morning? Did anybody find life? Did anybody find hope? Is there anybody living today because of the sacrifice of Jesus? Come on, is it too early to take a praise break? Can we just be grateful this morning? Did anybody find life because of Jesus? Did anybody find hope in the cross? Is there anybody standing today that knows if I have a standing? It's because once and for all my Savior went up a cross and paid a price I could never pay. What a moment. What love of a Savior. But the cross in all that it is is made of wood. I'm like, 
Why God? Because, I mean, if I was Jesus, and the point is I have to die to save them, and I go through all of that, and, you know, I uh, thank God I'm not Jesus. Let's say I go through all of that, and I decide, okay, I will. I will. I promise you my cross will be made of gold. Heavy carats of gold. It will be lined with diamonds. It will be rotating with smoke. Like they say, if you want to eat a lizard, eat the one that has egg. That's what I'm saying. If you want to. <laughs> but I'm like, why will such a moment of God and a thing of God be made from such ordinary, tangible, scrappable stuff? Why will you make a cross from wood? But I suggest to you this morning that there is such a principle Locked up in here. And this morning, maybe I'll just say three things to you that if the Holy Spirit makes real to you, I think would really be a foundation for you to build your life. The first thing that I want to say this morning as I begin to say that the cross is made from wood is, hey, who saw Liverpool's match yesterday? By the way, sorry, I just forgot to talk about that. 22 points clear. Wow. Man, I think we prayed too much. But that's good. So we're praying to win the league. I think God just saw, man, that's too small. Let's just add Champions League, add FA Cup. And you guys will just be so happy. So that's going to happen. Um, please don't pray for Liverpool to win the league again. Just begin to thank God that we have won it. And then we can start to pray about how early would we win the league. You win the league by March? <laughs> hey, where's my phone? I need it. Okay, no, don't let me do that. That would be very wrong. Uh, I wanted to read <laughs> something to you. Let me do that. So, uh, where are you? I'm sorry. Just give me one minute. If you're in church and you're not interested in stuff like this, I wonder what you like in heaven. Um, because, so, um, I saw this thing and um, we were talking about how it is getting very tight at the top of the table. Liverpool has 70 points. So that was, now we have 73. Chelsea plus Arsenal is equal to 70. <laughs> Three West Ham's, 69. Man U plus Spurs, 68. Man City plus Norwich, 68. All Man U fans, stand up. Let's start from you. Stand up. Stand up. <laughs> eh, there isn't the ads. Wow, wow, amazing. I like you guys. I like you guys. Don't worry. God, God promises comfort for the brokenhearted. That would be your portion. Amen? First point, the cross is made from wood. Let's get, let's get to work. Okay. First thing I want to say this morning, don't underestimate your wood journey. Now, don't make my points look stupid. That's, that's, that's like an amazing point. Don't underestimate your wood journey. So when, when I start to say the cross is made from wood, I'm going to show you in a moment where this whole wood thing is coming from. Genesis chapter 22, which we read, is so interesting and very prophetic a scripture. Because what God did with Abraham is that he was prophetically laying a pattern for the salvation of humanity. 
And so, um, if you don't understand words like prophetic, maybe you're new in church and around Christian stuff. Basically, what it means is like, you know, foretelling of something, showing a type and a pattern of something that is not yet apparent or, you know, around. And so, God kind of takes Abraham and the whole New Old Testament is full of types and shadows of what God was planning to do through Jesus. And so, God kind of takes Abraham and then lays out this very prophetic picture of the salvation of humanity. And so, between Abraham and Isaac and the conversations going on, we see such a weight of the heart of God. In verse 6 and verse 7 of Genesis 22, Isaac began to say to Abraham, and he said, my father, he said, here I am, my son. And then he said, look the fire and look at the wood, but where is the lamp for the burnt offering? And this really was the big question of humanity, that we can see the wood, we can see the fire, but where is the lamb? So the big problem was we needed a lamb. We needed a sacrifice. And Jesus will be manifest as the lamb of God. But we were looking for him. And so there was the fire which was a picture of the judgment of God. Which was the picture of the wrath of God against humanity. And there was this basic wood that Isaac is seeing in the story. And then Abraham says, my, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. And so the two of them went together. I, I really think Abraham had no clue. Of what just went on. Do you know that Bible scholars believe that the very same mountain which was called Moriah, which Abraham and Isaac climbed up, where Abraham went to offer up Isaac, that very same mountain was the very place that in the New Testament we meet as Golgotha, where Jesus went up with a cross. Do you know that scholars believe that that very same mountain, as Abraham was saying, you know what, I'm taking the wood, I'm taking the fire, and God will provide a lamp. Do you know that that was the same connecting point where Jesus came with a cross? And Abraham is traveling a wood journey. Abraham is going with his son and just traveling a wood journey. He's obeying God when it seems very hard. He's sacrificing his very precious when it looks crazy. He's staying faithful. He's just doing what he can do but he had no clue that out of my simple wood God is birthing a cross story he had no clue that by me just being faithful with my wood God is birthing a cross story and I just want to say to us this morning do not underestimate your wood journey you might look at this thing like just a simple thing of faithfulness of obeying God of doing what God calls me to do of sacrificing of my generosity of staying one more day it just looks like a wood journey do you know what it was like for Abraham to take his son his precious son and say because I am obeying God come with me and we're going to walk up this mountain and I will sacrifice you to the Lord it wasn't that easy to travel a wood journey but I want to encourage people this morning that in your wood journey is locked up a cross story in the place where you say I'm just being faithful with my wood do you know that God is birthing a cross story do you know that God God is birthing more than eyes have seen and ears have heard. Do you know that God is telling a deeper story than you could ever imagine? Do you know that a cross is made out of wood? Do you know that your simple wood of obedience to God, of refusing to compromise, of staying faithful one more day, of climbing up that mountain again and looking at the wood and not having all the answers you want to have, of looking at the wood in your hand and looking at the crazy things you're having to do. Do you know that a cross is made out of wood? Do you know that the purpose of God is manifest out of wood of humanity do you know that the plans and the purpose of God in all eternity is linked into a moment of the wood and I'm saying to you this morning don't underestimate the power 
of a wood journey. It was a man with his wood that connected to the eternal purpose of God. Locked up in a cross. The truth is sometimes all you see is the wood and the fire. Sometimes all you see is the wood and the heat of obeying God. The wood and the pressure. The wood and the heat and the intensity of being faithful to God. But don't underestimate the weight of your connection to a grand purpose of God. Don't underestimate what your faithfulness in your marriage is doing for your children's children. Don't underestimate how your refusal to compromise and sell out your sexual integrity is birthing a testimony that will uphold a generation of teenagers to come. Don't underestimate what God is doing with your wood. Don't underestimate how the purpose of a mighty God is just locked up in the wood he puts in your hand. And so I just want to say to you this morning, travel on with your wood, people. See the wood. I see the fire. But do not underestimate how it is connected to the full weight of the cross of Jesus. When I think about our church, all that we see, the purpose of God, I think about faithful people who serve behind the scenes. I think about people who serve. I think about people who tithe, people who give generously, people who give sacrificially. And I see the miracle of the purpose of God. But it's amazing how it is just the wood of everyday people. The purpose of God is made out of wood. Sometimes you will see the wood and the fire, but don't underestimate a man who is standing and taking steps in the direction of God and of his purpose. Ordinary. It's basic. Simple. Many times discarded. But can I remind you this morning, church, that big doors swing on small hinges. That it is the wood that just looks small and many times inconsequential. You look at your life and you say, what does this in my corner, in this my small space, have to do with the purpose of God? The purpose of God that is so grand. But I'll remind you this morning that big doors swing on Small hinges. In fact, as a principle with God, what you would find is that God starts the miracle from what is in your hand. The miracle of God so much more always starts with the question, what is in your hand? God asks for what is in your hand and then he starts a miracle out of that. The prophet would ask that woman, what do you have? And she says, all I have is a jar of oil. It's just so small. But he says, look, we would use that to start a miracle. God would say to Moses, what is in your hand? And Moses would say, it's just a rod. It's just a rod. But at that point of what is in your hand is where a story of God starts. And Jesus would say, we want to feed 5,000. And what do you have? They say, we have just five loaves and two. We are always saying just. We are always saying it's just this. It's just that. It's just my wood. It's just the ordinary. It's just this inconsequential. But God says, what I see is the ingredient for a miracle. The miraculous power of God would always start from your faithfulness with what is in your hand. I'm convinced that the wood of humanity still tells a God cross story. 
convinced that the word of everyday ordinary people like you and I still tells a God story. Jesus looked at the woman with the alabaster box and he said, look, because of what she has done, wherever this gospel is preached, this woman, and did she didn't imagine, did she imagine that 2,000 years later we'll be talking about her here? She just thought she was just doing what she could, just sacrificing what she could, being generous with what she could. She had no clue that God tells amazing stories through the wood of everyday ordinary people like you and I. The second thing I want to say this morning, on one hand, I've tried to say don't um, underestimate your wood journey. Yeah. Don't underestimate your wood journey. Second point this morning, real special point. Don't underestimate the other side of your wood journey. Yeah, only like three people got it. The rest of you are not sensitive to the word of God. (laughs) Don't underestimate the other side of your wood journey. Some of you are late responders. Genesis 22 and verse 13. Look at this. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. I love this. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it for a burnt offering instead of his son. I just wanted to encourage people this morning who are staying faithful in a wood journey, who are saying, I'm not going to underestimate the power of a wood journey. People who are staying and saying, I'm taking one more step in a wood journey and staying faithful and staying obedient to God and doing all of that. Please do not underestimate the other side of your wood journey because in a matter of time, you will lift up your eyes and you will find that for every wood step you took on this side, God was making the ram take a step on the other side. In a matter of time, you will lift up your eyes. Abraham got to that moment where the Bible says he lifted up his eyes and he saw a ram that was hooked up by its horns in the bush, in the thicket of the bush. You would realize in a matter of time that every day you are staying faithful. Every day you are choosing to obey God. Every day you are saying, I will not compromise. Every day you are saying, it's worth it staying in a God direction. Every day you are putting in more effort and putting in more labor and holding on to a wood story. Every day you are doing it on one side of the mountain and climbing up. Can I remind you, there was always a blind side of the mountain where God was faithfully leading that ram and saying, take one more step. Take one more step. Abraham has taken a step. You take a step step you may not be seeing it but God is working a purpose all over the earth in every generation that you are connected to and in your own little corner as you push a God direction I promise you there is a ram taking a step do not underestimate what is going on on the other side of the mountain do not underestimate what God is doing on the side where you are not seeing do not underestimate what's happening on the other side of a wood story God was making the ram take a step up from the other side God was locking the horns of the ram. God was was tying it down so that when it was time for Abraham to lift up his eyes, the ram was there, locked. Do you know, in my mind I was thinking about it this morning, that when Abraham 
was going and then picking up the wood. And as Abraham picked up the first stick of wood, I was thinking about it in my mind that God just, oh, Abraham has picked the stick of wood. And God just made the ram's horn go a little longer. And then Abraham picked up another stick. And then God made the horn go a little longer. And then Abraham picked up another stick. And God made the ram's horn grow a little longer. You had no clue what was happening. And then Abraham picked up one more stick. And then God made the ram's horn go a little longer. And then Abraham said, I'm going to travel this journey. And Abraham took one step up. And then God kind of put a curl on the horn. And then Abraham took another step. And then God made those bushes start to get congested together. And Abraham took another. He didn't have a clue what was going on. But can I say, do not underestimate what's happening on the other side of a wood journey. Our God is faithful. Our God is mindful. God sees you. God knows you, people. Some of you sitting down in church this morning and for you it's a story of holding on to your sexual integrity and you're saying who will even marry me? Let me promise you that lady where she is, that guy where she is is getting a horn, amen? No, you get what I'm trying to talk about, right? The horn is growing longer. It's a matter of time when you lift up your eyes and you are like right on time, right in place. God is always faithful, people. God is always faithful. You are leaving school and they're telling you, wow, you are playing 5-0. I played 5 0 in school. I went to law school. They told me you have played five, 6 0. I didn't know that somewhere there was an amazing babe that God was giving horns, people. God was giving her horn. The thing was getting thicker, it was coiling more and more. So that even if she's trying to escape, the thing is locked there, my dear. It's locked that you can't. Understand what I'm saying? How many of you believe God is giving that guy horns right now? Come on, people. Do not underestimate. What is on the other side of a God story? Don't quit. Don't back out. If this story is not yet adding up, then travel a little more. Backwards is not our direction. If this story has not yet added up, we have not yet met at the top of the mountain. That's all. People, are you hearing me? It's getting narrower and narrower. Do you understand what's happening here? It's getting closer and closer. There's something happening on the other side. We started far apart, but it's getting closer and closer. For some of you, it's your integrity, your career, and all the hard work you've been putting in, and you are not yet seeing the reward, and it feels like it's just one boss that is stressing me. I promise you, God's opportunities in your career are growing horns. On the other side, you stay faithful. You don't lose your values. You don't shortchange that system. On the other side of it, things are growing horns. Business deals are growing horns, I believe. It's getting thick. You know, there, there are small horns that we just, the ram will just lose itself and run away. But there is the horn that it is locked there till you come. It's waiting for you. Somebody will say, I lost a contract because I refused to. Don't worry. Keep traveling. Go a little more. The type that God is bringing you to, you cannot lose. That kind of ram, it is locked. Oh, no, I, I wish you had seen what I'm saying. You say somebody walked out on me, I lost a relationship. The one that God is bringing you to, the thing has horn. The bush is thick. There's nowhere to go, sir. It's locked. It's waiting. Ah, glory to God. Glory to God. Come on. Come on. Hey, people, can we believe this morning that there's a journey on the other side? Can we believe this morning that there's the faithfulness of God on the other side? Can we believe this morning that our God is a rewarder? Can we believe this morning that it is never a step in vain when I'm honoring God? You said I'm going to live my life honoring God in generosity. 
faithfully tightened, faithfully given to God, sacrificially. But then you feel I'm not seeing it. There's another side of the mountain. Ah, there's another, hey, I can say this with all my heart. There's another side of the mountain. When you get to the point where it is time to lift up your eyes, a ram is waiting. There's another side of this mountain. They call you names, they laugh at you. That is your own side of the mountain. Don't underestimate the power of the journey taking place on the other side of the mountain. The bushes are getting thicker. Like a ram. From where? Where did you come out from? I want to say to you this morning that God is attracted and committed towards people who are on a wood journey. I feel like saying to you that God will make your path cross because the wood leads to the cross. God will make paths cross. God has a journey going on on the other side. People get anointed by just traveling a wood journey. I said to you before about how people ask, yeah, when did you get anointed? I don't know. But I know that as you stay faithful in a wood journey, do you know what a wood journey looks like for me sometimes? It's just punctuality. Just being where you should be. Showing up. Just being there. Being there. Being there. Being there. And somewhere along the line from the other side of a mountain, the anointing is jumping on you. Like where was this coming from? Where was all of this weight of God coming from? All I know is that on the other side, God is committed to people traveling a wood journey. Say, sham, sham. One more step. A great life. A great marriage. It's all wood. The cross is made from wood. The purpose of God comes out of the wood of humanity. Consistency. Sacrifice. Forgiveness. A great marriage. Forgiveness. One more time. I heard T.F. Tenney, the late Bishop T.F. Tenney say once, he said, they say you've been married at the time. He was married for 69 years. They say you've been married 69 years. 69, yeah, they're about, no, something like that, 59 or 69 years at the time. He said, um, what have you learned about marriage? Strong marriages. Two things I learned from that man. One about marriage, one about prayer. I won't tell you the prayer one. Marriage one, he said. He said, I have learned that couples don't fall out of love. They fall out of forgiveness. It's just the one more time, the one more time, the one more step, the one more time. It's somewhere at the top of the mountain, there's a great, beautiful marriage that your children will love. One more time. And I was thinking about it this morning and thinking about how honestly sometimes the weight of the wood seems to be overwhelming. I was thinking about how sometimes we are carrying a wood of the purpose of God and it seems to weigh us down, that I'm trying to climb up this mountain, but I feel weighed down. There's a scripture that I felt the Lord remind me of this morning that I wanted to share with you. In Mark chapter 15, when Jesus was carrying his cross, this wooden cross, in verse 20, the Bible says, when they had mocked him, they took the purple of him, they put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him. Now look at verse 21. Then they compelled a certain man, Simon is Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. 
I read this verse somewhere in the middle of the journey of Jesus, and I am so encouraged about how God sends timely help to people who are on a wooden journey. About how a man, look at, look at the description of Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by. <laughs> so Simon told Alexander, I want to go out in the morning. Alexander said, Dad, wait, now play with me a little. So he stayed back, he played more. He said, I'm going now. Rufus now said, you're only playing with Alexander. Play with me also. And then he said, oh, you people, I want to go out. I want to just stroll. They said, no, play with us. But they delayed him. Three hours later, he said, I'm going. And then as he was passing by, Jesus was coming. God is so timely in sending help to people on a wood journey. It will show up, people. It will show up. Don't underestimate the grace of God to reach you where the weight is heavy. To give you a church family. To give you a life group. To give you people that will stand with you when you need it. To give you an Aaron. To give you a her when your hands are heavy. Do not underestimate the power of God to send timely help to somebody on a wood journey. Because of Jesus, you're not going to fail. You're not going to back out. Because of Jesus, this wood is not going to weigh you down. Look at Jesus on his journey and right on time, Simon was passing by. I've never understood those words. Where was he going? Passing by. Strolling. He said, come. Carry this thing. God will send you help, people. But on this wood journey, we're not going to go back. We're not going to tire out. Amen? Amen. Have a look at somebody this morning and say, God will send you help where you need it. So take the help. Take the help. Join a life group. Come and tell the person, join a life group. Take the help. Be your connect. God will send you help. It's not angels that will come. Simon of Serena passing by. He's going to come. Say, Lord, let help come. It has come. Be punctual in church. Amen? Amen. It is here. Be in worship. Be in the word. Are you hearing me? The help has come. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why will God have all of this help around you? Then the first place he will send you help from is Gabriel. He will waste transfer money. He will start from here. Amen? Let me look at somebody next to you. Say, take the help. It's around you. I'm the kind of person that doesn't talk to anybody. The wood will get the better of you. Simon said, let's carry. You say, no. I do things myself. Bring. <laughs> I still believe God gives relationships. So. Ha. People will do shenanigans, but God sends people. Oh. Ah. God sends people. Oh. <laughs> they will be the other side of your wood journey. Where you just meet. Ah, you say, God, thank you that I met this person when I met that person. Right on time and in place. God sends relationships. Say, I don't talk to people in church. So where do you talk to people? In club? Uh, football stadium? Where do you talk to people? I'm not free around. I'm thankful for the people that God will bring. I'm thankful I came across my wife. Not to, you know, some of you came across your wife. She always makes you cross. I came across my wife to be a cross story. Third point this morning. Third point this morning. Anybody been blessed this morning? Baby, you're looking cross at me. You know. Then let's make it fuss. I'm the rhyming boss. <laughs> but all that we are, we count it all us. <laughs> okay, okay. Third point this morning. 
Third point. Is this helping anybody this morning? I feel like giving everybody a piece of wood and saying, travel your, <clears throat> travel your wood story. The third thing I want to say this morning that I hope God will make real to you is don't underestimate the power of God to make a cross out of wood. Don't underestimate the power of God to make a cross out of wood. I was thinking about it this morning and you, you know Jesus is born son of a carpenter. I was thinking what kind of carpenter was Jesus? You see, Joseph, like any other father, had dreams of his son taking his carpentry business up to another height. Not of his son taking his carpentry product up to a hill to die. For Jesus, it wasn't about a fancy cross he chose to hang on himself. It was about a cross he chose to hang himself on. I believe that Jesus is the kind of carpenter that takes wood and makes a cross out of it. So sometimes I've wanted to preach a message with the cross and I've had to ask carpenters, help me make a cross. And it, it looks very basic, like any carpenter can just say, okay, cross, yes, let's, Duh. you know, and then, you know, this probably can hang a two-year-old, you know. But, but Jesus, Jesus was the kind of carpenter that knows how to make a cross out of wood. And I still believe he still is carpenter who makes a cross out of wood. I believe he's the Jesus that makes a God story out of the ordinary. I believe he's the one that brings a beautiful God purpose out of very ordinary seasons of your life. You call it ordinary scrap root, but Jesus calls it cross material. You'd walk into Jesus' shop I say, I'm just seeing scrap wood around. And Jesus would say, it is cross material. I was thinking about it. Can you come on keyboard? Let's kind of get a spiritual ending. I'm about closing. Uh, it's a new super sub. It's not the one you're used to. How you doing? Good? Where are your notes for this summer? No, 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 no. Yeah, he, he has his notes. I wanted to be sure. That's notable. If you are not taking notes, it's what? Notorious. <laughs> yeah. I wonder this morning where life is for you, really. Where, where are you with life? Where, what's your background? What are your experiences? What are you going through? Your disappointments, your betrayals, your failures... Your successes, your victories, your need, your what's in your hand, your certificate. Maybe you look at these things in your life and maybe for you it just looks like scrap wood. Look at your certificate and you're like scrap wood. Scrap. Your business, what you do, your career, your job, your marriage, your family. I wonder where you are with life this morning. What I wanted to say is that Jesus is, is still the Jesus who makes a cross out of wood. Do you know that Jesus specializes in making stories of the plan and the purpose of God out of the ordinary? Do you know that Jesus specializes in 
making more than we could ask or imagine. It was just wood. It just looks empty. But you know that Jesus specializes saying out of what looks so ordinary. 2,000 years later, we can still be preaching about it because the cross is made out of wood. And it doesn't take gold. It doesn't take diamonds. It doesn't take the most beautiful. It doesn't take, it doesn't take all of the paparazzi and all of that. It doesn't take all of that. God says what it takes is the ordinary to tell a God story. What it takes is the simple-hearted, the yielded, the available to tell a God story. Jesus still makes crosses out of wood. Tim, come. And I sense this morning that this is a prophetic word for somebody. There's a response that depends on us to God. When Jesus comes and says, you know what, I'm, I'm still in the business. I'm still in the business. I'm still in the business of taking wood and making a cross and you have wood in your hands. But there's a response that still lies on us. And it's a response to say yes to Jesus. It's a response to say that all that I am, all that I have, that this is wood in my hands. It's scrap wood. But I lay it out and say, you are still the God that can make a cross out of wood. You are still the God that can take my ordinary and connect it to a grand purpose. You are still the God that can tell a more than I could ask or imagine story out of my little and out of where I am. You are still the God that can take my five loaves and two fish and feed 5,000. You are still the God that can take my rod and my stammering lips and liberate Israel from Egypt. You are are still the God that can take my lack of qualification and us lack of skill and all I don't know and use me to lead the church and do all that I can. You are still the God that can take the ordinary scrap wood and tell a story of the cross. You are still the God. And we must learn what it means to come back saying yes. Saying we lay it down. We give it to you. God, tell a cross story in my life. Let my life be more than me just packaging wood, putting it together, seeing what I can do. God, let my life be a story of taking my word and laying it to you. Let my life be a story of worship, of real worship that is surrender, that is letting out, that is giving everything that is saying, God have your way in my heart, let me never hold back from God one more day let me never draw a line of God let me never draw a line that says God don't be, go beyond here, let me be that believer that knows what it means to say I may just be wood but God can tell a story of the cross I may be so ordinary and not have anything to my name may be so weak and feeble I can't even help myself but Jesus says bring your wood I'm still the carpenter that makes a God story out of the scrap wood out of the ordinary wood I am still the carpenter that says the wood doesn't just have to burn in the fire and waste away I am still the carpenter I can take that life of brokenness and of rejection and tell a cross story. I'm still the one that can take your mess and your pain and heal it and refine you and make this a testimony of what I can do. I am still the carpenter that can tell a cross story out of the wood. And I pray we will be those believers that say, God, we will travel a wood story because we would come back with a cross story. We will go up that mountain with a wood story because we would come back with a cross story. That suddenly Abraham comes back saying, the Lord has provided for himself the lamb. Abraham comes back not as a story of how wood failed him and how all of that was messed up but a man who took his wood faithfully up the hill came back telling a story of a Jesus encounter of how God had manifest the lamb. He came back with a story for all humanity. He came back with a prophetic story that we still stand in today and I pray that will be the story of your life people. I pray that will be the story of your home. I pray that will be the story of what you do. I pray that will be the story. Don't be that teenager that just sits back and holds back from God.
but don't be that person that looks back over the years and says when I was young I used to think I used to do let whoever we are wherever we are whatever our life is about let it be a story of laying down to a carpenter that can say I take wood and I make a cross out of wood I pray we would learn real surrender again I pray we would learn to just obey his voice I pray we would learn that we're not that smart we're not that wise why are you painting the wood why are you trying to polish it and make it shine and clean it and at best it's just wood but when that wood is in the hands of the carpenter when that wood is in the hands of Jesus then it becomes a divine story it becomes a story of a cross and this morning I just came to encourage people and say that the cross is made of wood and all it takes God to make a story that changes the world is wood. All it takes God to make a story that will shake the earth to its foundations is wood. You came thinking this morning, I have to be gold. Maybe you walked in the church and you're trying to put up a performance, trying to pack it, trying to be as clean and suave and all of that. It's good. It's okay. But deep in your heart, I pray you would know that what God asks of you is just that surrender that says, with wood, I made a cross 2,000 years ago. With your wood right now, I can still link this to the grand purpose of an almighty God because the cross is made from wood. In Jesus' name, amen. You receive God's word this morning. Who believes it this morning that God can take the wood in your hands, that God can take the story of your life and tell a story of his purpose in the earth and in generations to come? Who believes for it this morning? Who is grateful for a God that doesn't just leave us as scrap? Who is grateful for a God that doesn't just leave us in our mess? Who is grateful for a God that takes our weakness and says, out of this, I'll tell a story. Come on, can we surrender this morning? Can we lift our hands this morning? Can you begin to lift your voice? Can you say, God, have your way? I let it all go to you, God. God, take my word. Take my word. Take my ordinary. Take all that I am, God. I let it out to you this morning. Can we worship this morning? Come on. Come on, sing it out this morning. All I own. You can have it all. Say yes to Jesus. Oh my heart. Oh my soul. people come on come on all I own come on can you lift your hands everybody come on lift it as high as you can as high as you can everybody all over this house if you can all I own say those words say those words you can have it all come on let's make the wood cross this morning let's transform the wood into a cross this morning come on you can have it all all my heart Yes. 
You know, I always want to tell you that, you know, the end point of worship is not when you encounter God. People that came to church this morning again saying those words, I, I want to encounter God. I want to see God. I want to experience God. The end point of worship is not the encounter of humanity with divinity. That is come. The end point of worship is the surrender of humanity to divinity. Until you have said yes to God, you have not yet worshipped. Until you can say, because he's not God if we are competing. He's not God if I can't let go. He's not really God if I've not found surrender in my heart. If you came to church this morning, you said, I'm, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm a child of God and all of that. And they're still holding back. It's like God stuff. That, then you don't yet know God. You don't know God when you think he's your guy. He's not your guy. He's God. You don't know God when you think we just roll. You don't roll. He's your savior. He's your Lord. It's not a God. You just play games around. You don't play games with God. You play games with your guys. Until we learn surrender, we have not encountered God. There is nobody in your Bible that ever saw God and did not fall as one dead before him. It's a lie. You didn't see God. Nobody walks into a banking hall, brings out a gun, lifts it up, and says, everybody lie down. The only way you will not lie down is if you also have a greater weapon. The only way you do not surrender is when you believe we are equal. When somebody walks in and you see authority, you respect it. When God shows up, when we lift our hands, when we lay out our hearts, it's because we recognize him. When you hold back from God, he's not really God to you. You don't yet understand what it means to see God. And I pray this morning, we will know what it means to say yes to God. God is not a fancy game. God is not a fancy game. I play all kinds of sports. I love to play. I love to play tennis. I play basketball. I play soccer. I love to play with my kids, but I don't play games with God. God is not a game machine. He's not. No, 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 no. He loves us so much. We, we can come as we are. He's a father that is open-hearted to us, but he is God. He is God. He is God. He's not just Savior. He is Lord we must know that. I pray you will know it early enough in life. I pray you won't spend the first 50 years of your life playing games around the house of God and things like that. Then you come back and say, oh, you know, God is not a children. He's not a children. He is God. And it starts from surrender. An encounter with God must bring us to surrender. Must bring us to that point where we say, I give in. I just let go. I just let go, God. I let go. If you're comfortable to do it, can we lift our hands? It's a universal sign of surrender. You've never lifted your hands before. What a moment. Lift it as high as you can. What a moment. It might feel awkward. But just do it with a focus on him. Yeah, that's your moment right there. Take your chance. Take your chance. If you can't surrender to God in a church service, you can't do it in the world. That's why I want to help you. Take your chance. If you can't be Christian in a church gathering, you can't be Christian in the world, I promise you. If you can't stand for God, if you can't be bold about Jesus in the midst of others, you can't do it in the world. So take your chance. We're doing it together. Lift those hands. Put a word on your lips. And say, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Like Thomas coming out of that place of doubt and saying, my Lord and my God. Put a word on your lips this morning. And say, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God, I honor you. I honor you. I call you God. I just lay it all down. And I call you God. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. I honor you. I Sing it like you've never sung it. Come on. I don't need one more reason. This is wood, people. With the wood of your worship this morning. Right now. It is just because. Come on. It is just. Just because you are God. It is just you are God. Sing it one last time. I honor you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. I honor you. place with God don't know what your life is like don't know what you're dealing with don't know where you've been I always want to give you a moment to say yes yes is a conscious thing you say I didn't kind of find out I'm married to my wife I chose to marry her I woke up one day I knew this is what I want to do I gave a commitment to it yes it's not by being around and just staying around no consciously in your heart make a decision for Jesus I don't know who you are or how you came about being in church this morning. But everybody's standing because we honor your decision this morning. I'm asking everybody to close their eyes and bow their heads. Just to give you the right of privacy before an almighty God. I don't know who you are. What life is like for you. Maybe it's just a story of wood everywhere. But today that wood can become all it takes to make a cross. And and would you say yes to Jesus today and say, God, I need salvation. I'm a sinner. I need to be forgiven. I need to have a right stand with God through Jesus. If anybody has a standing with God, it's not by what we did. It's by what Jesus did. And maybe at some point in your life, you've said yes to Jesus, but as we speak today, you know that you have walked away from it. You've made poor choices. You're living far away from God. You're living life for what you think it is. And today, you want to be reconciled with God. He loves you so much. What a father. Knows your worst, but believes your best. I'm going to count to three this morning. If, if that's you and you say you're speaking to me, I, I want you to raise your hand high and unashamed and let him know you. Let him see you. 
Let today be the beginning of the rest of your life. Let today be a whole new beginning for you. Are you ready? That's you. I want to be made right with Jesus. I want my sins forgiven. I want to know the love of a Savior. I want today to be the beginning of the rest of my life. Are you ready? One, two, three. Shoot it up high and unashamed wherever you are. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. It's a new beginning. God bless you all the way to the back. See your hand there. See your hand there. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? It's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. Don't harden your heart on God. Don't don't hold back from God. God bless your sincerity. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else need to join in? Please just keep it up high enough for a moment. Let me see it. Let me know. Anybody else joining in? God bless you. God bless you. More hands. God bless you. I, I honor your sincerity this morning. God bless you. God sees you and knows you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Everybody across this room doing that. God bless you. If you raise up your hand, put that hand on your chest. Can we all say together, Heavenly Father. Come on, this is a family, not a crowd. I come to you today because you've made a way for me to come. Through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of your son, Jesus. Say, I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God. He's the savior of the world. Say, today, I confess Jesus as my savior. Say, please forgive me of the past. Please forgive me of every wrong. Of everyone. And give me a whole new start. Whole new Say, start. give me the strength and courage to live for you. I will stand for you. Say, fill me with your grace. Fill me with your spirit. And I will never be the same. Now say, I'm a child of God. I'm in a right standing with God. I boldly call you Father. I am yours. And you are mine. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are so honored to have been able to share this teaching message with you from Sikamo Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. We really hope you found it to be a blessing. To find out more about us or how you can receive more resources from our church or our pastor, Tolulokpe Mudi, please visit our website, www.sikamo.church. That's S-Y-C-A-M-O-R-E.church. We're on Facebook and YouTube at Sikamo Church and on Instagram and Twitter at Sikamo underscore church. If you're ever anywhere around us, we'll be super honored to welcome you at one of our services.